Detroit is Different is where you get information, artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is Different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today. And interesting about uh, the Corona chapter of the Black Panther Party, that um, that became um, the, the information in 1970, I think it was, um, that became the distribution. After the newspaper left California, it was housed, it was, you, the distribution office was originally the Corona branch of the Black Panther Party. Mm-hmm. And that's because we was close to the airport. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And out of that newspaper, I mean, 25,000 newspapers was distributed out of that office um, weekly. Okay, so let's uh, let, let's start this interview up in okay. classic Detroit is different style. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> welcome back, welcome back to Detroit is different podcast studios. I'm back with a special guest. This is a special series uh, connecting with my brother Yusef Shakur, uh, community movement builders, and he's introducing me to some of his big homies and. We definitely are always uh, embracing the the knowledge and the wisdom. And we know that the Black Panther Party plays a big role in Yousef's life. And I'm interviewing some some Panthers, you know. Yasmeen Majid is here in full effect uh, representing the Corona chapter of the Black Panther Party. And as she knew and I was looking, more so people knowing the uh the borough so that be queens new york jamaica queens how are you feeling yes me i am fine i am i feel wonderful and feel blessed to be in the city for the first time oh welcome to welcome to the chocolate city welcome to the chocolate (laughs) city so um with that black panther party uh i want to start what what was it that drew you towards the black panther party Okay, I I was a student at the time. I was 18 years old, and I had just graduated from high school, Mm -hmm. and I was going to, I was in college, so I was a a part of the um, Black Student Union on the college campus. What what college? Uh, New York City Community College. Okay. Uh, It was in Brooklyn, and you know, Brooklyn was where everything's happened, Uh, while Harlem is the black area, Brooklyn was uh, instrumental, even with the Black Panther Party, because the first Black Panther Party office was in Brooklyn, Hmm. Brooklyn, New York. But um, so from that, being involved on the college campus, being involved with Black Student Union, the next thing that happened at that time was the strike of um, in the New York City school system. So we started to work in our communities. And it was around the same time a Black Panther uh, parties was um, established in Corona. And this was in, Jan- I think it was around January of 1969. Hmm. So um, immediately it was like a natural f- phase for me to be working in the community um, and to work and be a part of that of the Black Panther Party. But I'm gonna take you back because Corona East Elmhurst, very unique community, and that's where Malcolm lived. 
Mm. So we um, was very conscious from, you know, from the nation and um, being very black conscious even back then. Okay. And, and, and like I said, Malcolm lived in our community, one of the only mosques that was ever established by Malcolm himself was in Corona. Hmm. So this is, the, um, is what I'm coming out of. Um, so there was this consciousness back back then, and it was just a sign of the time. You know, it was like you're either part of the problem or part of the solution. And for me, being an activist um, started then. In fact, I didn't even realize that I was an activist. It was just about doing and work and doing work in the community. And, and you kind of went into the second question, which is, what was the tone of the community then, as? Uh New York's definitely changed, even in my lifetime. I remember the first time I visited New York may have been like 1993, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, versus the last time I visited New York, New York a couple years ago. The, the, the city's completely changed over. What, what was the tone uh, throughout all of New York you remember as a child? What were the black communities like? What, what was the, the pulse the happening black, in and around? The black community was close-knit communities everybody knew each other mm-hmm. it was um it w- it was what i would say the village hmm. that especially in our community like corona east elmhurst was a unique community it was a middle class neighborhood but but you also had the street gangs you also had um uh the drugs drugs was coming into the neighborhood at the same time and it was affecting everybody hmm. And what was really, really, I mean, back then, it was like Corona, you had, when the Black Panther Party started, the Black Panther Party started with members of two street gangs. Hmm. And they came together no longer fighting, but became politicized. And they started to organize and then you had uh, like people like me and uh, several other students they got involved and the, you had the party in corona was was while it was a subsection of the jamaica chapter of the black panther party we was larger than the jamaica chapter of the black panther party hmm. where we had over 50 kid people hmm. and the age range was from 30 to 14. Hmm. so the coming together of 14-year-olds with 30, 25-year-olds and thing, doing things in the community, you know, like we used to do, we had the breakfast program, but we also did all of the survival programs because what we would do was take, um, read the paper, because reading the paper was educate to liberate. We would take that paper, read it, and then because when we went out to sell the paper, you had to know everything that was in that paper from the first page to the last page in order to build the conversations with the people. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, um, and we did surveys. It wasn't about what the party um, wanted. It was what the people wanted. And that was the, that to me, I think was key because we made these surveys. We went to house, we went house to house talking to people and to find out the true needs of what was needed in our community. Um, and, and one interesting thing is a couple of years ago, we had a program at Langston Hughes Library. Mm-hmm. Langston Hughes Library is in Corona. 
Langston Hughes Library is similar to um, the Schomburg. The difference between Langston Hughes Library and the Schomburg is Langston Hughes Library is a circulating black library and it holds the largest circulation of black um, information for the state of New York. Wow. Black Panthers was a part of the first library action committee um, of the li- for that library. Hmm. And so, and it was established in 1969 and the Black Panther office was right across the street and members of the Black Panther party was charged with being a part of the library action community. So working in the community, we was involved with the community, you know, even with the schools, everything we were, we were in, in everything. So your, your family. Uh, mother, father, brothers, sisters, uh, cousins, uncles, mm-hmm. uh, aunts. How were how were they responding uh, as you, as you're joining the party and getting more active? Okay, I tell the story all the time. I was I was the only child, but grew up in um, an extended family. My mother was the matriarch of her brothers and sisters, and I was mm. the baby in the house. So that's the that's the backdrop, and. They were active. Um, my uncle was part, went to the March on Washington. They were involved. Um, my mom, my aunt worked at a bar and she met Malcolm. So she, mm. they knew Malcolm. Okay. And did she know Malcolm as like Detroit Red? No, no. Malcolm, she knew, or she Malcolm, knew Malcolm, Malcolm as Malcolm X. She knew Malcolm X. Malik El Shabazz. Okay. She knew Malcolm X, okay. Malik El Shabazz. When Malcolm was killed, my family mm. was very upset. You know, I was 15 years old at the time. So, yeah, they knew Malcolm. Mm. And Malcolm used to go to this place called Frank's Steakhouse and have classes, the Mm -hmm. bar. Yeah. And he would be in there. And my aunt was a barmaid. So she personally knew Malcolm, you know, and they they knew Malcolm. Wow. So with that said, um, it was my family was active but they were working class my mom like i said she was the matriarch of the family and one time the fbi came to my house Mm. and my mother at the time didn't realize how involved i was in the black panther party so once they left my mother said to me she said you know something I can understand you wanting to be a part of this. I understand all that. But I think you need to join the NAACP. Mm. And with that, I was like, I was very upset with her. and was like, because at that point, we was, we was committed. Yeah. And we had this love for the people. And actually, we thought we would die for the people. So the the fear of death was never a part of what we was about. We no. knew that we wanted to destroy and make the world better for people. And fear was never in our vocabulary, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, as you as you get that awakening, as as in the other interview uh, that I just had with Mr. Taylor, you know, the ugliness and the 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 intentional hatred and violence of this of this nation mm-hmm. uh you, you have such a firsthand look at just being a part of the panther party and the way that the fbi has harassed followed and and, and tracked you your whole life and right. most people in that party um when you were that age with the fearlessness 
and, and looking at death as a possibility for the people. Um, you know, as you look back at that, uh, w what are some of the words that you share to the young people now that are like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get out here and I, I feel the same and, you know, we got to take it to, to the system. Like what what is it now that you empower on some of the young people? Because you, you've seen just really how real this can be as in a lot of ways, I think, uh, isn't it just in my in my from from what I think and I look at it. Mm -hmm. America's goal was to destruct any black unity or community. Exactly. But, you know, when you're in it, like when we was in the party, we I don't think that we ever thought that they would the viciousness of this government in destroying us. I don't believe that we that was in our minds. We know that we were in the face of death. But I don't think that we understood the viciousness mm. um, of that time. And what I say, to, what I often say to young people today is, you just have to be, you have to be aware of your environment. Because I said the one thing, two things that the Black Panther Party I felt taught us was to be aware of your environment and know who is around you as far as the people. Mm -hmm. And if someone suggests that you do something that's outrageous, that don't make any sense, step back from that person. Because more often than not, they are the informants, they are the provocateurs. And so be very mindful of that. And always speak truth. Um, I t was taught and in the party is to never bite to talk about people that you don't want to say in front of their face mm -hmm. it, it it reduces um the tension it reduces the gossiping it reduces all of that if you're upright and upfront with people and i think that's what the party definitely taught me mm -hmm. and so if i and and people like alfani alfani said something to you or she she's gonna say if she's not gonna say it behind your back and, and we're speaking about tupac's mother right uh, that's tupac shakur's mother exactly. brilliant uh, uh mind of an attorney obviously oh yeah if um one of the things i mean if one a young person was just talking to me about that and i said you know what one of the things that the party taught us was to read and to read read and study we was told no investigation, no right to speak. So you you spoke, you followed up, you did you you actually um, would study. Um, one brother was saying just just recently he said we went into the party thinking he was going to get a gun, and they opened up the books <laughs> and gave him books to read. If you, I don't, you could talk, I don't care who you speak to that was in the Black Panther Party. One of the things that was really, really important was political education. Mm -hmm. There was always PE. And um, that's, it, it, so it, it was really about study. And it's not enough for me to, for me to tell you something. It's, it's what, what I tell you, you have to then go and investigate and get a book. And that's what I tell young people. Just don't take my word for anything. 
find out what is true. And the only way, and it's, it's like the easy fix now is that young people will pull up something, what they saw on YouTube, or what is fact and what is, what is fact mm-hmm. and what is fiction. And always, that, that's what I think um, my advice has always been, you know, to, to study. So, so within this studying, uh, definitely comes the wisdom of age now, too. Um, you, you have that, that perspective. So a, as you've seen the movement, the people, the community, uh, your, your city change, you know, um, what, what has been your role in still advocating for and being a servant to the people as you've grown? I, I had the, the fortune of sitting at the, um, on the floor listening to our great minds like Dr. Henry Clark, like Queen Mother Moore, you know, Dr. Ben. We would sit and listen to them and know our history. And what I see my role as an elder is to do the same thing to our young people because those were the value, valuable information that was given to me that we can pass on because we can't forget our history. We cannot allow our history to not be known. Um, it's, it's not just about the Black Panther Party. Just think about the connection of Nat Turner you know, and we have to look at it as a continuum of struggle. But you have to know that history. You have to know that continuum of struggle and connect it together. And also th- always remember that we came from the only people that came here that didn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. And we have continued to struggle and we have a right to struggle. So to, for young people today, I say don't allow anyone to think that you are, that you shouldn't struggle because you should, you know. And this struggle continues. It could, like I said, it continues from the day we talk, came off the shores of Africa till today. And we have to realize that we are still at war, and we have a right to fight because they change that. They they want to make us feel that we shouldn't fight. Or someone else has helped us to fight and realize that nobody has ever helped us to fight. We have always, I mean, from our from the freedom of slavery, if you go back in our history, you'll know that yeah. there was black people fighting. And the only reason why we're free today is because of the black people that fought for our freedom and yeah. it's the same thing today i mean with when the black panthers we were just a continuum of struggle and, and as you talk about that continuation and knowing history I, I do want your opinion on uh especially nowadays it's like the woke movement the, like the industrialization sometimes of and romanticism uh, uh of the work of activism and uh you know so so even when uh wa- watching the uh judas and the black messiah it's one of those things i talk to my dad i'm like you know i like it and it's good it'll it'll wake some folks up but i'm like that's about as good as hollywood can get at telling one of these stories but it's still with certain points in that in that film where i'm like i don't i do not like this characterization because it is not showing the true face of the FBI and the monsters That's and right. the violence that was. How how do you take 
being a Panther right now and seeing, you know, it could be the T-shirts, the books. I have I have the book of uh, of all of the uh, the a book of like many of the Panther newspapers and things like that and the, right. of the artwork and stuff like that. But in this consciousness, as I grow older, creating more media now, I don't know who was connected to this. You know, how how do the Panthers feel that um, that the movement and a lot of you guys' work is right now being, you know, industrialized and, and, and marketed and, and, and recapitalized and repackaged and kind of told from a framework that may, in my mind, not be the truth. Right. But that would also create conversation. What I said is, okay, for um, 50 years, the Black Panther Party was 50, was 50 years ago, mm-hmm. right, that the Black Panther Party was... Um, established Mm -hmm. but once a panther we say once a panther always a panther because the knowledge so we don't uh, one comrade if you say form a panther Mm -hmm. she said we're never former panthers we are panthers because Mm -hmm. of the ideology right so for me um I look at comrades and they're they're upset about, they say, why Judas and the Messiah, you know, they show that snitch and all that. And what I said is that Judas and the Messiah becomes a teaching tool and it allows us to tell the truth and to open up what is facts. You know, it's the same thing with, to me, it's the same thing when you talk about Panther, the the cartoon character Panther. It allowed us, it gave us the opportunity and we can't seize, we have to seize that moment to be able to talk about what is true, what Mm. is history, what will open up the minds of young people. You know, like, because when I talk to people and I always say to young people, and the first thing they say is, okay, when you think about the Black Panther Party, what do you envision? Who do you see? The face of the Black Panther Party. You see black men with guns. But did you know 60% of the Black Panther Party was women? And I have a point on that, too. As we talk about the history, it's also been a lot of talks to, like, you know, that the Black Panther Party was very misogynistic and sexist and oppressive towards women. So the question that I have for you is... Um, is there truth in any of this narrative being said? Uh, and where does this narrative come from? Is it's not it, truth? Uh, you know what? It, it, what I say to that is it was it's based on who you are and where you came from. Hmm. We cannot take society. We live in this society. We cannot take the society and personality and character comes wherever you are. So within the Black Panther Party, yes, you had that. But in certain areas, you didn't. Because when you think about, if you look at, it depends on the area. Because if you think about it, you have, again, you have Alfani, right? She was a a section leader of the Harlem branch. So what does that tell you? One of the first captains in New York was Brenda Heisen, Mm -hmm. a sister Mm-hmm. came out of the New York chapter, right? One of the first captains. So you think about it, it's based on, I'm not saying that this stuff didn't happen because it did, but based, like I said, based on who you are, where you came from, what happened. I can say for myself, being in the Black Panther Party, I, everybody brings stuff into the party. But if you brought it, like a brother in 
50 years ago, right, uh, with the anniversary of the party, right, there was this brother that I ran into. And when I saw him, I said, do you, do you, hi, you know, do you remember me? He said, yes, yeah, sister, I remember you. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? I stopped that brother from, he was in leadership and young girls, he was like <laughs> trying to get with the young girls, right? He was right? exploiting his position. Right, mm-hmm. right. But before that person came into the party, he was a pimp. Mm-hmm. So I, I, at the same time, I, stu- I, st- I stood up to him. Yeah. Like, you're not going to do this. So that's my experience in the party. So, and I can only speak about my experience, but I, I do know that things like that was happening. And uh, a couple of, um, f- several years ago, we had a, a sister's gathering and we found out some of the stories and a number of us was shocked to hear mm-hmm. some of the stories that some of those sisters was telling us. But, you know, but like I said, people come into the uh, party with personalities and they and nothing changed. But sometimes it does change. You know, um, it's based on who you are. Yeah. And, and as you talk about the changes, let's let's talk a little bit about your hometown. And, and I don't know where you stay now, but are, are you still based in New York? I'm, I still live in New York. So let's 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 talk I, a I little still bit. I still live in New York. And actually, um I left the party mm-hmm. and I started, I raised my family. I was, became a single parent and I raised my daughters. And in 1997, um, when Geronimo Pratt came home and he came to New York, I went to one of the um, things where G, G was mm-hmm. and I got back involved in the party, but from a different way. Um, Mm -hmm. At that time, it was during the time of the Jericho movement. It was just the beginning of them starting Jericho. And what... Can you explain the Jericho movement? Jericho was, it's the amnesty to free political prisoners Mm -hmm. um, that was started by the Brothers Inside, um, um, Jalil and them. They started this organization and it was a, they had a march in 1998 to the capital and bringing awareness of political prisoners but what got me involved was talking to G and I asked him I said because I hadn't been involved right mm-hmm. and I asked him about Rochelle McGee and he said Rochelle she's still in jail I was thrown I was f- like you gotta Mm -hmm. be kidding me Mm -hmm. and that got me involved so i've been involved with the jericho movement political prisoners since then Mm. since 1997 and the for me the main political prisoners for me were panther political prisoners yeah because while everybody else was coming home very few Panthers was coming home. Yeah. And I took a look at that and said, why are Panthers still in prison? Yeah. Why are, and one woman told me, while Panthers were charged with different crimes, they were charged with the, um, most of them were charged with killing police officers. Yeah. And those were their charges. Those were the conspiracy charges where other people were charged with maybe driving the <laughs> driving the car 
but so that we still have Panthers that's been in prison for over for 50 yeah, years. It's a, it's a reason why right. Asada Shakur is still on the, the top of the FBI's FBI, most wanted list. Exactly. As and a, you have to compare a, aging Asada. woman that, I mean, at this yeah. point in time. She's I mean, a senior. She's an elder. And you have yeah. to compare Asada to Harry Tugman. Yeah. And you look at and, you know, I used to say you compare G who did 27 years to uh, to the Nelson Mandela. Yeah. But when you think about Jalil, he did almost 50 years. And we have, like, like when I got involved, we had 22 Panthers in prison. Now we have nine. Unfortunately, some of those that have come home have come home in the box. Yeah. They never made, they was captive. They've never made it home. Mm. And that's been my, um, I can't forget them. I can't. And I won't. And I won't let anybody forget. And that's your work now. And that's the work that I'm involved in. I'm involved in political prisoner work and making people aware that they're political prisoners and making people understand that we have to get them home because they are our elders. They are our Dr. Henry Clarks. Yeah. That's who they are. I've, um, I met one, a brother that I used to work with. Um, I worked for an alternative to incarceration for women in, mm-hmm. ha- in, in New York. It's the, one of the only women centered on the, um, alternative to jail mm-hmm. in the city, in the city of New York. And I used to work there. And this brother came home from jail and he worked in the he worked in the agency. So one day we were sitting there talking and he found out I was that that I was a panther. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, he said, do you know Bashir Hamid? I said, yeah. He said, do you know Albert Washington? I said, yes, I know them. He said, let them know what I'm doing now. Mm. I'm getting my master's degree. I'm doing this. He said, those brothers are the ones that turned me around. I was a knucklehead when I went to jail and I came out and started to work. So let them know. And the interesting thing is that we have, um, I'm part of the Black Panther Party Commemoration Committee. Mm -hmm. And we're in our 12th, 13th year of doing a film festival where we take the um, to a, a theme from the 10 point platform and program and we show movies in a uh, documentary film in in harlem yeah. and we have a question and answer um part where we have people come and talk one a couple of years ago we were showing the pit um conversation with albert noah washington noah was one of the political prisoners who died of liver cancer in prison Mm. um and this young guy was walking past the off walking past the film and he saw um he decided to come in he came in and on the screen was noah talking because noah was dying and he was talking about the struggle and how he wouldn't change anything um and he has no regrets and after it was all over this, this young guy got up and he said, Noah is the reason that I'm on the street. He said, I didn't, he didn't have no idea that we was showing what was happening, what was happening in that theater. But he, caught, he got up and he said, now I work for prison um, uh, reentry program. And he said, I owe it all to Sheikh Noah. Hmm. 
So this is the kind of work that we do, and this is what is our compassion. And then I'm also a part of the Black Panther Party Alumni Association, where we support our political prisoners, we support our fallen comrades, mm -hmm. and we try to do work mm -hmm. around supporting families and making our young people aware mm -hmm. of the history of the Black Panther Party. Definitely, and, and that's a piece that I always thought was very interesting, uh, the stories of those second generation Panthers, because you know that, that, that work impacted definitely the the sons and daughters as we know you know uh tupac and kanye west and so many others right, you know? right. uh and, and you know people that don't even know and just that you know when we think of their their thought processes towards life when it comes to that um as we get to a close, I definitely want you to share how people can get in contact with the work and support what you're doing. But along with that, like I say, um, you know, what do you see in the future just for New York when it comes to activism and black people coming together uh, right now? Because, yeah, New York is New York City is just as I was kind of getting to that question. A lot has changed. What what do you see as next in organizing there for black folks? Well, last last year, I was involved with the Malcolm X Grassroots and the Movement for Black Lives. Mm -hmm. They had an intergenerational group, and they, they had Elder Panthers with the young people. And we talked, we um, was involved with that work. And I just feel so, this generation, I'm so excited about it because this generation of young people remind me of when I was 18, 19 years. They're fired up. And I just want to be a part of um, guiding them like Dr. Clark and them guided us. Okay. And because there is, um, I have a lot of hope mm. in, in, the, in the generation the new the new and they have the technology mm -hmm. and they have the ability to make take it to the next level and that's what i see so I, you're embracing that oh, role yeah, of being yeah, a mentor i'm so happy i'm as so I say, proud. a big homie oh yeah i'm so i'm just I, i'm just so uh, amazed and then when i you know like i said the the malcolm x grassroots youngsters uh the movement for black lives youngsters i'm just so excited about being a part of and so that they don't get to have to stumble mm -hmm. because they are fired up and i love i love the fact that they're they're fired up yeah that's deep uh how do people get in contact with you and support well we're part of if you go to the the national the national alumni association of the black panther party we have a website okay okay all right oh, so I, I just want to bring up one other thing okay with Langston Hughes Library, right? Right now, there we have been involved because now I sit on the board of Langston Hughes Library. Congratulations. And what we have done is helped could create the um uh, a gap, you know, where the gap was. We have created this group with this powerful young um, director that's there where she is so open to helping involved with the movement and so she's done a lot of like uh, we have they've they used to have a political prisoners dinner 
and it was done at 1199 and it's been done at different places. But before the pandemic, we was able to have this political prisoners dinner at Langston Hughes Library. Mm-hmm. So being being able to do those connections has been very important. You know, it's that's the kind of stuff. Um, so use Panthers to cr- help um, bridge the gap and help um, bring it to the next level. Because as long as we're here, we're able to talk about it. We're able to tell you um, what what. The history, so that you won't make the same mistakes. That's big. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thank you well. so much. Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit is Different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store.